inspiring you to reach your goals and live your dream. And live your dream. This is the Keaton Nelson Show. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for uh, coming to listen to us today. I have an awesome treat for you. Uh, today, I have Sean Castrino. Sean, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, brother. No, glad to be here. Let's go. Yeah, totally sorry. Uh, just for the listeners, I'm like seven minutes late for Sean, and I feel terrible. Um, but he he stuck around, and I'm so thankful that he, he did. Sean, I would love for the listeners to get to know you a little bit and know uh, who you are, like where you're from, how you grew up, and all that type of stuff, because I always think it's really interesting to see uh, where success stories actually started. Right, grew up poor, knew I didn't want to be poor, uh, was a high school state champion in high school and got a scholarship, Division One scholarship uh, in, in wrestling. So that obviously probably fits my personality type, which is pretty intense, competitive, which lines up well with entrepreneurship, I, I think. And I, I do think there's certain personality types that do line up better. There's always outliers, but I always say there's a percent. Like if you want to draft a quarterback, you tend to look for somebody between six foot one and six foot four. Right. You can always get a Drew Brees. They're out there, but it's not your profile, a quarterback. So, yeah, I, so I grew up, you know, in challenging situations, uh, took control of the few things that I could control. I got a degree, went to grad school, uh, lost my dream job there when I was just getting ready to graduate. There was a change in leadership. And, and I kind of knew then that being employed long term was never going to be an option that I would take that I realized it didn't matter how good you were, if things can change through so many different ways that you have no control over. And then, you know, then your life kind of gets, the rug gets pulled out from under you. So, you know, entrepreneurship appealed to me then. Prior to then, it never even crossed my mind. I, you know, I, I always knew, I always thought I'd have a great job, make a lot of money, you know, just work my way up, be a CEO or somebody very valuable within an organization, you know, get paid well. And I, and I was fine with that. And right. then- Things change, and then you got to kind of build your own thing. Totally. So what are the challenging situations you're talking about growing up? Yeah, you know, I mean, well, being poor sucks for those who've tried it. Just so <laughs> It does know. suck. Just <laughs> so you know. When you, when you have parents that had like six mates between them, you know, you throw that little level of dysfunction in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, just 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 dysfunction and poverty, and you throw all those together, and it doesn't, doesn't paint the ideal yeah, where'd so, you grow up? Where, where uh, was it? I grew up in Baltimore. Oh, got it. Yeah. yeah. That can be rough in, in itself, too. The great right yeah. uh, No, out, you know, just, just a really poor, really poor rundown suburb. Um, but w- with that being said, you know, it, the good thing about it is, is that if you pay attention, you kind of look where you're at growing up and you go, okay, I'm going to just do the opposite of everything everybody does around me. Literally, that's what hit me. Uh, everything everybody else did. I was just kind of taking mental notes, like smoking. I noticed everybody at, at 40 looked like crap. You know, their teeth looked like crap. Their face looked like crap. You didn't have to run a commercial for me. They were coughing all the time. I'm like, okay, smoking doesn't look really great. Mm-hmm. Alcohol. I'm like, okay, it looks okay if you take a couple of drinks, but when you turn into a drunk, then you start fighting with people you even like, and then you say things you, you probably shouldn't say. So like getting drunk probably doesn't make a lot of sense and being poor doesn't make a lot of sense. So let me do the opposite. And, and, you know, I just did the opposite of everything I saw and it, it tend to work out much better. Got it. I can relate. Yeah. I grew up with a single mother, never made more than 40 K a year. Uh, the, the 40 K was like, 
best job she ever had. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but she did a kick-ass job um, instilling some values. But yeah, growing up poor, yes, don't suggest it. Or, or, or yeah. like just continuing to be poor, don't suggest. Exactly, you can yeah, yeah, yeah. Con- you can control it, and you can you know do things that are bad. You know, Pete, we joke about money, but I say, listen, I agree, money's not everything, but it's in the top five. Mm, interesting. What's the other four? Health. Okay. Great relationships. Mm-hmm. Having a life that has purpose that, you know, I mean, if you live money was everything, uh, you know, Michael Jackson and Prince would probably be alive today. So would Elvis. So clearly money and everything. Sure. Yeah. Um, so you lose your dream job. What was your first entrepreneurial venture? Yeah. So when I lost that, I I took a job selling life insurance because if you're fairly articulate and you have a big group of friends, you know, they're like, Hey, he'd be perfect at it. His personality. And you definitely made good money. And I would go to sales meetings on Monday. And this is all within the first year of losing the job. I I go to sales meeting and that's when first time I ever saw Mercedes and really nice cars, Jags and all that all out in the parking lot and in my little crappy car. But I was sitting there, I'm like, wow, it'd be so cool if you could get our cars cleaned while we're sitting in this boring meeting that's going to last like two hours because I'm going to have to leave this meeting, go to a car wash and do it kind of myself. Dumb, I mean, literally like something as simple as that hits me. Now, I've never cleaned cars and I still don't clean cars, but that idea hit me and I'm like, that would make money. And that was the genesis of everything 30 years later. So I started a detailing company called Waxmaster Mobile Detailing. Still remember the phone number, toll free at the time, 1-888-933-3824. Tagline, America's Choice in Mobile Detailing. I knew right then, always take the biggest, boldest position from day one. <laughs> Nobody else had it, I'm taking it. But from day one, it looked like a franchise. It was a great color, great Logo, everything about it is great. Matter of fact, they cleaned my Benz and BMW two weeks ago. So, because I sold it a few years later, but I created this simple company where you called and the lady who took the phone call, we, there was four choices. You either, you know, it was either a, an SUV at the time, SUV or truck, you know, or vans, you know, vans were big back then. It was yeah, either yeah. a van. Yeah. It was like either a van or a car. You either wanted the outside or the inside or both. It was just really simple pricing and it ranged up to like a $95. And I hired guys who could clean cars. So I ran an ad for, you know, our detailers and I just did a 50-50 split with them. It was the most simple math. And they'd bring the checks on Friday, made out to the company and I'd write them a check back for their 50%. I made $30,000 doing nothing, just getting, <laughs> just getting the systems in place. And I kind of knew then that I, okay, I knew, I, I, I knew the blueprint. Mm. What, do you, and, what do you say to people who say that's a boring business? Yeah, I say, guess what, man? Sexy is rich. In other words, it doesn't have to be sexy to be rich. Let me reword that a little bit. I, I think we're. I think that when we talk about being passionate about our businesses, I let me just. I can just kind of get into a controversial thing right now. I did this with John Tesh on his podcast, and then he finally conceded at the end that I was right because he has started. He started a running a running shop in the seventies because he loved running, and uh-huh. it went out of business. And it went out of business. But he was passionate about running. I said, just because we're passionate about something does not mean it is a good business in the area we currently live. Yeah. Cool. Right? So so yeah. I look for profitable businesses where I live that will work where I live or in, in the areas maybe I understand. Mm. I, I love golf. I played golf this morning. I love golf. Doesn't mean I buy a driving range or a top golf business in you know, like Charlottesville, Virginia. 
Mm-hmm. It's not enough people. So I, it's the idea that we absolutely have to be in love with what we do. I, I, I don't buy that. I don't, I, I've never read an article where Jeff Bezos was in love with reading books and that's why he started Amazon. Yeah, totally. Never. I've never read that article. Yeah. Where that's all he did. I just love book. I had such a passion for books. No, I've, I've never read the article. So, so to me, you got to be careful there. I think the more important question is, do you have a business that can work in the area and or industry you're choosing to go in? Do you understand it enough to make it work? I, I don't, I'm passionate about a lot of things. None of them to this point have been what I thought were really good business ideas or profitable enough to the point where I would be excited about putting my money in. Hmm. Interesting. So what also uh, catches me is the 50-50 split that you had going on. You never argue over 50-50. That the reason why I've always done 50-50 is how do you argue over it? Right. I mean, it's just, it's just such a simple math. I take care of the infrastructure. Like I, I take care of the marketing, the lady answering the phones, blah, blah. The person does the work. It's just always worked. I've used that. I've used a split of that nature and I've had businesses for 30 years and I've got multi-million dollar companies, service companies, and I've used some level of split similar to that. All I know is you got to have a, you got to have a split that you don't fight over. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you, you know, take out any dramas, get, any, any drama you can take out, the better, right? Exactly. I've always yeah, said yeah. this. I'd rather have 50% of a lot than 100% of a little. Mm, very interesting. So if you got a good business, the 50%, 45, 40, it's not going to make a difference. Now, if you're starting a company with somebody and your voting shares is different, and I've done this, I've had 51% of the stock and still a 50-50 split in, mm. in profit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it ends up being 50-50 after all expenses is what you're saying. Exactly. That, for, it, for, owner, for owner's personal income. Exactly. Okay. That is the number one go-to move I do when I bring in partners or people that are going to do the work, you know, like something I just shared with you. Very interesting. Um, I have a case where I have a few people trying to buy about half my company right now. I'm just interested to see. Good you. problem to have. Yeah. Good problem to have. Um Let's. I'll throw some round numbers out there. Yeah, yeah, they want to yeah. give me a hundred thousand dollars for fifty um, percent, okay. or forty nine percent. Let's call it. So I have the. Okay. And then, um, but I got like I got employees. I got lots of stuff. We are profitable even after paying myself, my yeah. own salary, and everyone else. They don't want to come in as an operator. They want to come in as like I can refer a lot of business to you, and I speak a lot, and I can do X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? Um, and then they can take. 49% of the profit afterwards, which is based off of an agreed upon percentage. Of a lot of reasons why I don't like that. Okay. One is I don't think a hundred thousand in your life will move the needle as much as you think. Right. You're giving away a lot of power. You're mm-hmm. basically giving away half your company. My okay. question is how long would it really take you to make a hundred grand? If you were running it correctly and doing not like, long, not long, exactly. So no, you got to yeah. be careful. Sometimes you can make a pack with the devil. So mm-hmm. the question I would have is, is that if they don't, I would just make sure that there was something in the, in the agreement that they, if they don't refer you a certain amount of business mm. that they, that they lose the partnership, it's a, a failure. Oh, golly, I'm running a blank on it. Failure per, to perform. I would prefer, I would put a performance, a caveat in the agreement because the way it is right now this is what they could do they give you 100 grand 
and then you're giving them and you have somebody up your rear end, 50%, they, you got to give every month. They're like, well, send me those bank statements. What did you make? They maybe they don't. That's that's what I don't want. It's like, dude, yeah, I know. I'm having a hard enough time keeping track of everything as it is, you know, just because it's running a business isn't always easy. And then you have someone in your ear like that the whole time would just be like, I would just give them a referral fee for all their businesses. Try that for one year. If it's a great idea, it'll be a great idea a year from now. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I've, I have, I'm, my next book is on partnerships. It's called one plus one equals done. Um, I've done in so many different ways on so many different deals from real estate to businesses, you name it, I've done it. And the one that you just, as soon as you said it, I got a, like a bad feeling. Like as soon as it kind of like came completely out of your mouth, because my son's brought me like two deals like that, that he was involved in and I've nixed both of them. And then a, like a year later, he's like, thanks dad. Um, because you're bringing on somebody who can just drive you crazy and there's not a, and there's a, not a performance part of it. I mean, my point is, is if they really want to make money off the deal, just give them, give them a a, a cut that they can agree on. Right. And then if they're going to give you a hundred grand, the only way the hundred grand makes sense is is if they give you a hundred grand and you can use that as a seed to create an entirely new profit stream that they're involved in. Hmm. Yeah, because no. You're just cannibalizing your existing money. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, I appreciate the advice. No and, problem. Uh, it's a nice outlook on it, especially the third party, black and white. Yeah. Because uh, the advice I'm getting is, you know, skewed from all different angles because everyone's got their point of view on it. You have just. I mean, I, yeah. example, a hundred grand, it'd be different. Like I would sell a business outright for a hundred grand, get out from under it. And go Exa- yeah, 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 exactly. I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. You, know what I mean? you look yep. at it and okay, it's struggling a little bit. You're kind of bored with it. You're kind of excited about something else. Hey, I'm all for that. Yeah. That's not the case with this business, but yeah, I would tell if I had a business like that and I was like, yeah, it totally makes sense. This one we're we're probably five Xing revenue, right? This month from last month. Yeah. Well, um, then I would never sell that. Yeah. And we're like, that's why, that's why I was late. <laughs> I'm yeah. hiring, I hired, I hired six people this week. I'm yeah. Late. Well, that, you got, th- it's a good problem to have. And a hundred grand is definitely not worth based on just the few minutes that I've shared with you. There's yeah, no way a hundred grand that is way too undervalued. Ooh. Yeah. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. And um, I doubt he'll even listen to this episode. So you can. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, so what happened after this car detailing business? I know you said you, had, you mentioned you, you mentioned you had an exit. Like he sort of like Pat scrubbed. Yeah, past, yeah. But- so I, yeah, I, I, what I did is that um, I had that business, and then we, we we moved to Charlottesville, moved the business here. Charlottesville at the time was voted the number one city in America like two years in a row. So in like nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety nine, you know, no crime. SAT scores, everything, had a young family. It was, you know, we just had a daughter. So it kind of lined up perfectly. I came here and I started a direct mail magazine. It was a magazine that I had advertised in for my uh, detailing company. And I, and I came down here on vacation and I asked them, oh, by the way, is anybody doing it in the area that we're at? You know, I kind of thought it was a franchise. Hmm. And they said, well, we've had a couple people there, but nobody's really got it off the ground before. So I had lunch with the guy and they kind of had licensing agreements and I took over this area and within three years, I blew it up into 21 cities. We went to more homes than the Sunday Washington post and I was making a, quite a very good sum of money. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I started some service companies yeah. and uh, that's kind of been my super, you know, my super businesses over the years. 
example, I don't start any sexy companies. Okay. So when I had that, that magazine, I knew it would work. I knew it'd be profitable. So that was easy. And, and again, I made ex- exceptional money. My next business after that, again, we're getting to the least sexy companies in the world. I started a handyman company because I couldn't get anyone. I tried to get somebody to, to renovate my dining room into like an office because you can't have your mojo with like a chandelier and wainscoting around everything. And Virginia has, you know, molding, you know, Thomas yeah. Jefferson. And I couldn't get anybody to do it. Nobody would show up. Prices would change. It was just like ridiculous. And I'm living in a very nice neighborhood. I mean, very high end, two swimming pools, restaurants at the pools. I mean, I'm, we're living good. And, and nobody can refer me a handyman. It didn't make any sense to me. Because obviously, I knew there was a need there, just like when I was looking out in the parking lot and I saw dirty cars. Right. So I started a handyman company within three years. It scaled to well over a million dollars. And now it has eight divisions. It has roofing, siding, We're moving into solar. We have a handyman division. We have a kitchen division, a bathroom renovation. We have somebody from the New York Institute of Art does our designs. I mean, we've got it all and it makes millions. I nothing I mentioned is like sexiest. I don't sit up at night and watch HGTV. I mean, I've watched a few ex- episodes of Fixer Upper and we're as good as they are. But but the point is, I knew there was a need for it. Right. I kept my my magazine business. I did that for another eight years, and mm-hmm. I just started this. I brought in partners and and rent. You know, I knew I understood infrastructure and marketing. I just brought in partners, and they did the work, and we we split the revenue and. It, it worked. And I've, I've used that formula now in that business for 23 years. Mm. I want to pick your brain a little bit further in that. Yeah. Um, so if let's say you wanted to start a service business uh, tomorrow, mm-hmm. Let, let's say you wanted to redo this handyman business per se. Yeah. Um, right. How quickly do you think you'd be able to get to that, get to a hundred grand a month doing it like from scratch? Uh, it would depend on so many facts. Number one, the, how okay. big the city, the big thing would be how big the city is. Beautiful. No, these are the things that I want to know. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. How big, cause we're looking at franchising it right now and we're playing with all those little, little things as we speak and yeah. we're beta testing it in another city and, and example, a city of 60,000, you know, like Charlottesville is a small city, but it's like really wealthy. The rock has a house here and, you know, John yeah. Grisham lives here and Howie Long lives here. I mean, this is university of Virginia's here, the medical centers here. I mean, it, it's a gold city. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it's it's you know, it's got like the government's got a bunch of places here, so it's an unusual city. Well, if that was like Roanoke, Virginia, you know, maybe you could be lucky to pull off, let's say, fifteen thousand a month, where we bring in, you know, over a hundred thousand a week. Okay, yeah. So um, you're looking at the size, the affluency of the neighborhood. Uh, yeah. The size and affluence, like the, you yeah. know, the typical household income like, example, if the average house in an area sells for 150,000 and the average income's 50,000, mm-hmm. well, that's big difference between let's say Northern Virginia, Arlington, where the average household income is probably two and a quarter. Right. Average house is probably six to 800,000. And mm-hmm. then obviously then you go to LA and other, you know, all the way around. So all those things would affect it. Th- this is all I know for sure. And I'm an addict on this and I'm an evangelist on this. I want businesses that don't compete with Amazon. Don't compete with artificial intelligence and don't compete with a software program. I don't understand any of those three may be great for other people. I know my, you know, people do SAS and, and got it. I like that. If I send a human being to your house, everything that we do, none of the things I just mentioned can do it. Right. So simple math. 
if I can get a certain amount per hour and we get between 95 and 120 an hour and my typical employee makes between 24 and 30, well, you, you do the math. I'm making right. three and a half, you know, 3.5%, <laughs> three and a half, you know, return. Very simple. I'm making like $80 per person, every hour, every vehicle, nonstop. Well, I can assure you that math really works well for me. Yeah. How does it play into like, um, you know, cost of the vehicles, cost of like uh, gas and yeah. advertising dollars? And because yeah. they're, 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 the magic math I've always found is, is that generally you got to find math that works, but a third goes to your employees. Okay. A third will go to your operating costs. Okay. And, and then a third will be between you and or your partners and things like that. I mean, if I'm just doing an elementary school class. Sure. No, know, exactly. That, yeah. that would be the easy math. That, if I couldn't get that, I wouldn't be interested in it. And I've, and I've, I've tried to start companies and the math didn't work. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, you, when you feel like, like we started a house cleaning company, didn't like it, killed it in, like within six months. Well, well, number one is, okay, your typical house cleaner, let's say you pay them between 12 and 15 an hour. Okay. Yeah. For, conversation sake. So you, you bill out three times that you feel like you're happy. Okay. $45 an hour. Okay. 15 to run it, 15 them. So there's a $15 profit, $15. I wouldn't do anything for $15. You'd have to have, I I would have to own magic maids from like, you know, all the way up the coast where I'm making seven times that with one guy. And I'm using, and it's a high skilled item, you know, stuff that we do is typically a higher level of skill. So it's, it's a little bit, it's easier to carve out a niche where people really like and use you where house cleaners are kind of like a commodity, unfortunately. So you gotta, you gotta pick something that works, you know, but there, but there's a lot of them. I mean, I could bounce. I mean, I could go one after another that I know does work and, and um, you know, I've given business plans out just because I didn't have the time to run with them. I had a, Somebody, you know, the, a friend of mine's, one of their, uh, somebody they knew had just lost their job, had two kids, and uh, he had worked at UVA, was a coach, an assistant coach. And I met with him for lunch and kind of listened to the story, and, and I felt bad for the guy. And I literally, like, met with him the next day and gave him a folder to a business plan I had. It was like a window cleaning company. Like, I knew the margins were there up over a hundred an hour. You know, it touched all the box, and I didn't really have the time to run with it. I handed it to him. You know, he made $80,000 in his own pocket that year and turned it into a great company. He did better than I would have done with it anyway. Um, yeah. did, an inc- did an incredible job with it, but it, stuff like that, you know, works. Mm. So what if someone, let's say they're starting out, they don't have a lot of money. Let's say like, yeah. like less than five grand. If I yeah. grand less. I started two of my companies with less than five grand. Beautiful. Yeah. So yeah. awesome. Yeah. So they got less than five grand. Uh, they want to start a company. And they have no experience, but what, what are some things you would tell them or a company idea? Like you just said, the window cleaning company, what, what would that, that be? I think number one is, is that we, 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 let me reframe this just a touch. I think people think it's easier to be an entrepreneur and to start a business than it is. If we just qualify that for a second, if I can go back and just take everything you said, it's almost like saying, Hey, listen, would you like to be a brain surgeon? Well, you can get it in the next 90 days at my local community college if you study real fast. Yeah. yeah. In fairness, I mean, th- this gig is not easy. There's no. a reason why 90% of every business fails in the first 10 years. Reason why 50% don't make it to year two. Mm-hmm. Starting a business is very difficult because you got to find the right 
product and or service. It's got to hit the marketplace at the right time. And you got to have a message and a means of marketing that attracts customers. Yeah, that's going to be my next question after that. (laughs) Yeah. So it's it's harder than you think. What I always say to a person is, let's say you want to be a business owner. Let's reframe it that way. Okay. And under the age of 30. Number one is, is there any services that you know you know about or and or you can initially personally provide? Tutoring, uh, you know, computer repair, or is, you know, you got to have some connection to it. Okay. In, in most cases, I didn't, but I, I'm really good at marketing. I mean, I'm marketing at a, like a level 10x level. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I may, I had the phone ring in the very first day I started both my companies. Day one, phone rang, money made first week. Okay. Assuming you don't have that super skill, you, you might have to be the person doing the work initially and then work your way out of doing being the technician part. But you can do anything. My gosh, you can mow grass. You can have an errand service these days. You can do senior care. I mean, there, there are so many needs out there. Like the senior care market to me is like prime for the picking. It's insane. Yeah. It's prime for the picking. Like even if you did a two to one margin out there, you, you had five reliable people that showed up every day and you build them out at, you know, find a margin that makes sense. I mean, you're, again, you're going to replace your income. You're not going to get rich, but I don't know how you don't make 80 grand a year. Mm-hmm. You know, there, yeah. I mean, that biz, no, no robot is replacing senior care and senior care is going to be the, the daycare center of the 1980s, 90s and 2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hundred percent. There's there's a reason why those companies do so well. I mean, the problem that they have is they can't hire people quick enough. Exactly. Well, so totally, yeah. it is. So that you got to figure out, you know, what what you can. You got to create a value proposition that's good enough to hire people. But but it's it's a way of doing. It. I mean, look at Massage Envy. I mean, I, I don't know how you hire massage therapists, but right. they figured it out. Totally. Right. I mean, it, I wouldn't think it would be as easy as they did it. Yeah. But, they did over like a billion in revenue, I think, before he sold, you know, he, you know, yeah. has like over a billion in revenue now or some crazy number. Crazy. Yeah. I was listening to the franchise story, but, you know, everything has a, the problem is everybody really wants it to be so simple. Mm-hmm. And, and I always tell you, if it's never that simple, however mm-hmm. hard you think it is, you're right. It's twice as hard (laughs) because if it was so easy, we wouldn't allow schmucks to do it. Like there's gotta be like a schmuck detector in like owning a business. There's gotta be something where you actually have to know something, do something or have money. Because if you can be a schmuck broke and not understand everything and still run a business, it makes all us other entrepreneurs look really bad. That's what I did. (laughs) But clearly you have something. I do. I I went to school for jazz guitar, jazz composition. I was waiting tables at Red Robin, and then I went and decided I was going to go pass out uh, flyers to the businesses and say I'll manage your social media for like next to nothing. Two years you know later, I can huh? tell you, I already know why it worked. Why? Because I, as a guy who has, I own a very big digital marketing company. I just hadn't brought that up. I know so little for like that ten year period there that anybody would have knocked on my door and sold me something and looked credible mm. and was young because we naturally think you're younger to do that. Yeah, I would have right. said yes. And I did. Everybody who knocked on my door who said they, they understood social media. I was hiring. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. But I, I tell you what, I, I figured it out. <laughs> afterwards yeah. then, then I realized I couldn't make um, a real income quick enough with like those, like you can only trick so many people. 
right? Yeah, yeah. It, you have it, to be able to fulfill. If yeah, well, and, and get results. Happy, right. If you can't, exactly. if you don't have happy customers, you're not going to stay in business. Yeah. And that's how I grew. I actually like, it's so weird, like do social media marketing, but I grow because of referral. And yeah. It's, and it's compounding now, which is just wild, but, um, and our prices are much, much higher than like, I went, oh, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. When I first started, it was like literally, I'm not even joking, $100 a month is what I did because it's just me. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Yeah. I, everybody yeah. everybody makes that mistake initially. Right. Now, uh, now our minimum package is five grand a month. Yeah. You know, and people are happy to pay, you know. And you want to sell this for 100 grand? Right, exactly. Yeah. There you I go. Don't. I, I don't. If we, only, if we only accomplished something today and I talked you out of that, this was the best interview you've had this year. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, yeah, it's going really, really well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, then I'm, I'm done with the hiring thing, but I want to get like, there has to got, got to be, especially with these service, local service-based businesses. Like there's only so many places you can advertise. There's only so many places or ways to make the phone ring. Yeah. You just like attack all of them and throw money at it. I mean, what I did, yeah. Number one is this, is that let's say service come, if, if it's going to a home, okay. Mm-hmm. In other words, you're doing work in a home. Well, this is not sexy, but it works. Postcards work. People still get the mail. Most people that own a house is over the age of 30. Mm-hmm. Okay. They still get bills that come through the mailbox, not an email. And so uh, postcards work. Sounds, doesn't sound sexy, but I can tell you a guy who's made millions off of it. Postcards work. Val packs work. Coupon mailers work. They work great. Okay. In other words, I I know how great they work Uh, because it's just a law of math. If I, if I mail 10,000 postcards, you know, 2%, even if it's 2%, I mean, that's all I need to move the needle. It doesn't, I, you know, you're not going to get a thousand calls, you know, at 10%, but I mean, you know, but I don't mind a hundred calls. 200 calls would be great. So, you know, just got to, it's a law of math. Traditional, you know, media works. I do Super Bowl ads. I mean, I, 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 you know, I did a podcast on how Tiger Woods made me a millionaire because I, golf ads were the cheapest ads of all sports. I never understood it. Like it was so dirt cheap to run an ad during like a Saturday, Sunday golf event. It still is cheap in my opinion, and compared to uh, other sporting events that I've Very purchased. And so I would look at, I would look at Tiger Woods golf schedule for the year and I'd buy every single thing Saturday and <laughs> Sunday. I, I owned everything he was in on Saturdays and Sundays. What was the company that you were advertising for that? Uh, my, my home contracting company. We still do it. We, we still do it. That's one of my super thing. I've, I've pre-bought every major this year. Um, you know, we'll buy the masters. You can't go during the masters, but you can get the first local commercial before and the first one after. Um, I've, you know, I've had, I've had a Super Bowl ad for at least the last decade in our area. I'm, I'm a traditional media. A, a local Super Bowl ad? Yeah, yeah, local yeah, yeah. Super, yeah, local Super Bowl ad. And then, you know, we do, I like radio because it gets in their subconscious mind. They're driving, they're kind of trapped. You know, it's funny. You don't train to radio station as quick as you do like your phone, social media. Like very so, true. Right. Social media. We get you have five seconds to get my attention. Why? Because YouTube's trained. YouTube yeah. has trained me. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but you'll listen mindlessly to a radio station, just your hands on the wheel. The other ones, you know, drinking a, a Coke or something. So you're like, ah, oh, maybe I'll change it. But they already hear the commercial. Yep. So traditional radio, I mean, it works. Again, I own a digital marketing company. I do all the fancy, sexy stuff too. Yeah. And it does bring in a third of our business, the digital stuff. 
Sure. But all the traditional stuff brings in the other third. Hmm. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Cool. This was awesome. I, I, I wish I wasn't late because I want another 10 minutes with you. I know we got to wrap things up. And I, I asked like three questions to uh, every guest that's on. Um, and yeah, I, fire away. Um, or did I already answer them? <laughs> no, 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 you didn't. Uh, I'm trying okay. to keep outside of the box. But this is really, really good. Very interesting. Um, and, and thank you for your time. I really hope this va- is valuable for the listeners too. Oh, super valuable for me. Well. Um, so. what's, what's one book everyone should read? Oh, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. It is the paramount. After you read that, read Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yep. And then, really rich, good one. then rich Dad, Poor Dad. Any wrote, go through those three and you, you've done yourself well. Yeah, for sure. That has been the highest return on investment that I've ever made is books. Oh, there's no, there's no, I mean, I have a library upstairs, you know, oh, yeah. I have a ladder to climb to them because my carpenters just added another three feet, mm-hmm. you know, up top on them. Yeah. But, but if you just think of the logic, somebody who knows a subject, you know, at a world-class level where they wouldn't be writing a book about it, you know, they right. know it a great deal. They, so they take like five or 10 years of their knowledge. They condense it into less than like 200 pages, everything they know, and they give it to you for less than 20 bucks. It is the great, think about that for a second. Yeah. It is the greatest deal in the world. Like when you read like Russell Brunson, like, uh, you oh know, dot com secret. Listen, mm-hmm. I've, I'm like, this is worth, I, I told my son, cause I was, I just kind of got into it and it was reading. That it. book has made me so much money. It's the free. best book ever on how to do something. I mean, my gracious, he takes you from point A to point Z. It's the best explanation of how to do something of any book I've ever read. And I've read about, you know, over a thousand books. Yeah. I was blown away. And there's a lot of people like that. They do this all the time. I mean, I, I could go one book after another that I think is good. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start with Thinking Grow Rich. I, that's a, I think it was probably the second one I got into that was after. Uh, but it, anyways, um, yeah. And the other side of it is like, you put yourself at a huge competitive advantage to everyone else on earth because most people don't pick up a book after they leave high school. Yeah. The average person doesn't read, don't read, they don't read two books in their lifetime. I read the numbers. It's like, it was just mind boggling. Yeah. So pick up two books and you're already ahead of the majority of the world. Um, So uh, here's uh, another question, a little bit more interesting. If you go back in time, you can go back to any age at all. Um, What age would you pick? And you only get to say three sentences to your younger version of yourself. What would the three sentences be? And I'm like really, really strict about the sentences. You can't be like, okay. yes, and okay. this. I would go back to myself at 18 mm-hmm. and I would say, don't do anything you'd be embarrassed about reading or seeing tomorrow. Okay. You, you know what I'm saying? The, the idea is, is that like in this media age that you guys live in, mm. Like, I, I think the one thing that I would say is, is that, you know, just, just be aware of your conduct, your behavior, your speech, your activities, just be more aware of what you do. Okay. Just, just don't, you know, just don't do anything you'd be embarrassed about the next day. Okay. That's sentence number one. What's the next? One? All right. Next thing I would say to my uh, next one is dream bigger. Like I'm shocked at stuff I've accomplished, but I'm like, knowing what I now know could have even been bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Could, could, could have been bigger. Um, uh, uh, number three is, is um, be a better listener, man. You want to be a great salesman, be a great listener. You want to be great at relationships, be a better listener. You want to be a better friend, 
be a better listener. If there could be any one skill that I would like to be better at, it, listening, not even close. Listening will make you so much more money. It, it is an art. Like we can all communicate. We can all talk, right? Mm-hmm. You know what? We can all. I mean, I can talk about anything all day long. Talk to anybody. I'm not. I'm not intimidated by anybody. A stage doesn't intimidate. None of that bothers me. Ask me to listen to you for an hour, and you'd think I was in a torture chamber. And yet it's such a wonderful skill to have that I, I encourage anybody younger than me work on, work on the real art of listening, truly listening. Not when you're listening and you're, you already got your response lined up, you know, you're kind of like a ready to come back with it or it, just listen. Yeah. That's my three. That's good. It's really hard. <laughs> no, it is. The listening one is my brain's always going too. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always feel like I have something I should say back and I always have a reason why I should say it, but just shutting up and listening is not a bad, you know, how many signs I got around me right now doing this interview it says, don't interrupt ever. Listen, I've got, I've literally got my staff has like four like stuff around my computer because it's, it's something I'm working on. <laughs> Love it. Um, and then what's the, what's the biggest regret you got? Biggest regret. Um, oh gosh, Man, I try. I try to be careful about this. Um, just being an asshole at times. I just think there's times growing. You know, I, 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 some things came to me easier, and and I meet people that don't. I, my short patience with certain people. I think over the years, you know, if I could do it again. Oh, my new rule now is: you never have the right to be an asshole. Like under any circumstance, you don't have the right to a waiter, to a service worker, to anybody. I think there was times there where I just had, I, I just had an arrogance, you mm. know, because thing, you know, I was doing well and whatever. And I, and again, I just think you, you never have the right to be an asshole to anybody. Mm. So that's yeah. my no asshole rule. That's good. <sighs> yeah, that's good. That's a good rule. Um, that's. I, I think I did it without thinking as we're looking at furniture and I thought the salesman was doing a poor job. You know, I do sales. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, dude. Um, and I, I just like let things come out of my mouth. I'm just like, said without thinking or anything. I'm like, God, but like two years ago, I was waiting tables at red Robin and those people were making comments like that to me or something. And like, and I thought I'd never, ever, ever have that happen. And my fiance, she's like, dude, you're being, she's like, you're being, oh, oh man, my, you know my, I mean? my wife is like, so, you know, she's mastered every social skills and I don't, I know. And I've caught myself. I have walked back into the bank before and, and apologized to the teller going, listen, I should have been off my phone. I apologize. I was completely rude. Thank you for your service. I mean, I, I can't, I'm so sensitive to it now. But gosh, 20 years of people, I've probably been a jerk to, I, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I encourage everybody just, just listen and just don't be an asshole. Yeah. You can't go wrong with those two <laughs> little things. Yeah. I'm going to go back in and, and actually buy the, the furniture he was trying to sell to us and apologize to him, shake his hand. Yeah. It, it, you'll feel bad. I, I believe me. I, and another, this free advice, learning how to say, thank you, apologize and learn how to say, I'm sorry, get into it. It's, it's not a bad skill to learn. <laughs> yeah. That's a quick, just like 
this is something I use for uh, customer service is last, listen, apologize, solve, and think when there's a, a customer complaint or issue. Just step-by-step step, last, um, L, listen, A, apologize, S, solve the issue, and then thank them for bringing it to your attention or being patient. Yeah, I, I, I like that. That's, that's good yeah. stuff. Cool. I know you, you got to run. I want to thank you so much for your time here today. Um, guys, I think this is an episode worth sharing out. I'm sure you can agree. Uh, toss us on social media, tag someone, uh, tag me in it. I'll, I'll share it too. Um, and then, uh, Sean, where do people go follow you? Yeah. Think- you know, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, I got that blue check mark. Um, so you can do that and we, we drop content every single day. That's pretty decent. But if you go to seancastarina.com, you'll get a free book and that's where we keep people updated when we're going to have the next week in MBA and tickets to that. And Oh, that was your event. No way. Yeah. Yeah. That's my event. Oh man. Cool. I founded that. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'll be at the next one. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was incredible. And we're, 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 yeah, it's a great event, but you'll find out all about that. But so yeah, just, just reach out to me, seancastarina.com and or follow me on Instagram. Beautiful. Well guys, Until next time, peace. Thank you so much again, Sean. Uh, I'd love to stay connected.